Following Christ is not for the faint of heart. Striving to be a kingdom man isn't about packing up and taking a vacation. It's about getting your mind right, your gear packed, and heading into war. It's more important now than ever before to stand up for what's right and just in the eyes of the Lord and seek His truth. This ain't a cruise ship, fellas. It's a battleship. So buckle up and get ready for the truth, the uncomfortable truth. Hello and welcome back to the uncomfortable truth. Some of you guys are going to get this. Some of you are not. Most of us have never been in this situation, but it definitely is uncomfortable. Drywall guys, when they're working on the top section of the drywall, will sometimes put stilts on. It makes everything easier. You don't have to get up and down on a ladder. Uh, you can just walk around on your stilts. But it is dangerous, right? It is stilts. And they aren't circus clowns. They're drywall guys. <laughs> I'm sure they're probably pretty daggum good at it, though. There's a thing called a Joe. Raise your hand out there if you know what a Joe is. I didn't. Our <laughs> guest either. today I didn't. told us what a Joe is. A Joe is when there's a wet spot on the ground, and you have your stilts on, and you step in that wet spot. You can use your imagination from there. A lot of things could go wrong. It could get very uncomfortable. Our guest today is Remington Casper. Cosper. 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 Cas- not the friendly ghost. <laughs> not the friendly ghost. <laughs> we are so glad to have you, Remington. Obi's going to open us up in prayer, and then Sean is going to just dive into your life a little bit. We're going to try to get as as many uncomfortable stories as we possibly can out of you. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm holding his hand right now as we're talking about that. Yeah, 45 <laughs> minutes. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I'll, I'll lead us in prayer. God, we thank you for bringing us here safely. Uh, we pray you'll, you'll give us the same travel and mercies on our way home. We thank you for our guest today uh, that he's willing to come on um, short notice not really knowing uh, what he's getting into here and, and just willing to open up his heart to us and, and, and talk to us and our audience uh, about his testimony and, and his life. Lord, we pray that um, you would use this platform to honor you. We pray that you would use us and, uh, and our lives to, to honor you in everything that we do. We love you. We thank you for your grace and your mercy. We thank you for sending your son Jesus to die on the cross for our sins. And, Lord, we just pray that um, you would continue to give us good health and continue to be with our families. And we ask this in your holy and precious name. Amen. 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 Remington Cosper. I tell you what, he's a really cool guy. And one of the first things that I, um, I noticed about Remington was his name. I was like, for all you gun guys out there, um, the first deer I ever killed was with the Remington .30-06. And um, so, man. Harvested. Yeah, harvested. Harvested, harvested yeah. <laughs> yeah I be hey. Politically correct. Well, the one of the big big parts of the show is that we're not always politically correct, which is actually a good thing. But Yeah. Um, we make mistakes. Yeah. A lot. Yeah. We're a bunch of East Texas boys that, Kill deer. We don't harvest them. <laughs> but uh, anyway, we're excited to have Remington here uh, today. And, uh, you know, um, he does have a super cool name. And Remington uh, came to, to join at my gym um, just, um, gosh, I, I guess maybe a month ago. And, um, yeah. And uh, anyway, so uh, I got to talking about, we just got to talking about everything, you know, life, um, every, uh, the gym, working out, 
insurance, you know, I'm gonna, uh, of course I'm going to bring up insurance. I'm an insurance agent, and I'm also a, uh, a gym owner. And uh, so I guess I'm a jack of all trades, uh, master of none. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, anyway, um, so we, we, uh, we got in a pretty in-depth conversation uh, about life insurance and started talking about just the importance of, uh, of life insurance. And then uh, during that moment, um, it, we kind of went to more important topics like our salvation. And, uh, and then that was whenever Remington um, just shared, you know, some stories uh, in his life. And I shared some stories uh, about my life and dark moments that I had gone through uh, whenever I was in my mid-30s. And, uh, you know, and then he, ironically, we knew a lot of the same people during that time. And uh, we got to talking about this and that. And, uh, you know, uh, his testimony touched me. And I was uh, excited uh, to invite him onto the podcast. And uh, so that was how how Remington ended up here. So first off, uh, Remington, if you could just share a little bit about your family, uh, just uh, a, a little bit about you and, and what you do, uh, you know, from a, a work profession. Remington's an entrepreneur. And uh, if you could maybe just start with your family and, and just uh, tell you know, where you raised around here and just tell us a little bit about you. Well, thanks, Sean. Thanks for uh, inviting me first off, but <clears throat> I'm Remington. Uh, I grew up here in Longview, Texas, born and raised. Um, I'm married to Mackenzie. Her maiden name is Bright. Um, she's from Gladewater. And my first child, her mother, went to school or, or married into uh, and moved to White Oak. So it made sense. Me and my wife just kind of met in the middle. Yeah, I like it. Right between Longview <laughs> and Gladewater. Uh, Reminds me of a song. Yeah, was that song down Meet in Rio? Yeah, beat that old Georgia pine. That's right. That's right. Uh, so, I'm 33. Um, I just I started my own paint business a little over a year ago, and uh, without foreseeing anything coming, my father uh, in these unprecedented times he, he got COVID and. Uh, Man, it did a number on him. It took him down, uh, literally almost lost him. And he is where I learned all my paint and drywall savvy. Every every bit of knowledge I got, I, I got staying under his wing. And uh, when he got sick, man, I we just had to step up. And uh, I've kind of pushed pause on my own. And uh, who wouldn't want to piggyback someone that's got a 30-year Reputation. Great reputation established here in Longview. So um, it's a fantastic mindset to have. So did he help you start Cosper Paint and Drywall, or was he a part of starting that with you? How did that he work? started Cosper Paint and Drywall in 1992. So this year we will celebrate 30 years of business in Longview. Fantastic. And, uh, right before, man, approaching 30 years is when I kind of stepped up, took in, I always had these great ideas to share with him, but they kind of overwhelmed him with a uh, new age technology, getting everything up to par. Mm -hmm. uh, but once he was in the hospital, uh, I had free reign. And when he got out, it was just like, it was tried and uh, proven. And he was just like, it's yours, man. You can have it. Awesome. I just That's wanna, cool. Very cool. That is a cool story. He said, I just want to hang out with my grandkids and I want to go, I want to get on my lawnmower and take my grandkids fishing. Awesome. Cool. Very cool. Living the grandpa dream right there. Absolutely. That sounds pretty good. 
So you, how many kiddos? Now I've, I've got uh, three children. One technically not biological, but um, his dad's active and involved. But I, I just don't like the step word. I hear uh, you, man. So I've got a nine-year-old girl, Ansley, an eight-year-old boy, Sutton, and I've got a wild child with red hair. It's a three-year-old girl named Cypress. Sweet. And name's pretty fitting. The redhead. It seems like, she, you know, Sounds you're like going to have your hands full, huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we can make one up about that. That's awesome. So, as far as, like, um, a specific time in your life uh, where you felt like maybe uh, you were at the bottom of the barrel and, and you were just trying to figure out what life was all about, um, and uh, just can you tell us about the time whenever you found the Lord and, uh, and, and really what that was about? Absolutely. Um, what that was like? February 15th, 2013. Um, man, I'll try to, I'll try to stay on track. So y'all lead me back in. We'll help you rabbit trailing. Uh, I had no idea I was blind and I had no idea. What was your life like before that date that you just gave? Uh, very adventurous in uh, the most unhealthy and dangerous ways. Okay. Um, Can you give us an example without like, well, revealing too much? Inf- are you going to get into that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, I'll, go ahead. I'll sh- I'm, I'm pretty I'm s- transparent. I'll uh, shut up. And let you like tell us. your story. No, uh, man. I think I was what twenty three or twenty four. I was working an oil field job. Um, I just had a a baby that was just born. And, uh, man, my, my sister just went through, uh, I'm trying to keep some, some things a little confidential. Sure, sure. Just for her. To protect, but, uh, yes. We, we had some family issues that my sister had went through. Very, very traumatic. I, I'll get more detail off the air. But, um, man, she was, she was in her scripture. She was in her word. And I wasn't a believer. Uh, I actually said, very blasphemous things like I'd crack jokes with other friends saying like, so you were, you were Saul. Yeah, man. I, I'd say things like, well, yeah, when you die, you go on the ground, that's it. And, or open the door with profanity to like a Jehovah's witness or, or just joke around and say F God, um, mm. things as far as, and dark as that. Um, but I started to realize on, on that day, it was like God handed me a mirror. And for the first time ever in my life, instead of looking at everyone else, which uh, Satan is the accuser of brethren, mm-hmm. uh, I was finally realizing I'm responsible for exactly where I am in my life right now. And um, it's like God gave me a mirror, and I started looking at myself. And things that I, I remember thoughts that I had, is like, man, I should stop by and see my grandmother because she won't always be here. But I didn't. I should take my fiance flowers home from work. Why? For no reason. But I didn't. I should call my mother to tell her I love her. But I didn't. So I, I want, I craved to be this good man, but I wasn't. And Romans 7, it was just like the things that I, I think it's Romans 7, the things that I will to do, I can't, I cannot carry out. Right. And, uh, yes, I just read that verse just man, the other day. It yeah. was, it, it was, it's not sh- a coincidence. It struck yeah. me because I remember this 
real distinct time, about a year before this, I was walking my dog, and I would get in these depressed moods for no apparent reason, and uh, I had everything that I wanted as far as material uh, status. And I remember squatting down, looking at the moon, saying, God, if you're real, give me a sign. Well, on February 15th, man, we're go- I'm going down the road. I've done drank three Red Bulls. Uh, I took my ADHD medicine. Uh, I think I was probably smoking marijuana and uh, K2 every once in a while. Just, man, I was down for anything. If, if it was in front of me, I'm like, yeah, sure. I was perfect wingman. And uh, I heard his song, and in his song, he said the same prayer. He was just like, Lord, if you're real, send me a sign to show me that you really care. And I don't know why it struck me so much, but it, it took me right back to that time I said that prayer, and it was the only time I can remember praying. How far apart was that? About those two year. times? A year. And it was that, that vivid to you? Very. Remember that moment? Okay. And um, so moving forward, it was like <clears throat> now there was something internally spewing. I had to share with somebody. I just witnessed something. And uh, so I tried to tell my dad. And uh, when I was there speaking with him, there was grandkids running around the house and and the TV blaring and man I couldn't get his attention it made me think when I was a child man I always felt I had this weird flashback of man I could never get their undivided attention it was it's been like this my whole life and I got discouraged and uh I was in tears and he turned the TV off and told them kids to be quiet and I I couldn't remember a time I'm sure he did but I couldn't remember a time that he did that and he was just like what's wrong and I tried to explain to him what I was feeling what I was experiencing and uh I didn't get the click from him that 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 I was craving like oh I know exactly what you mean son and so I went to tell my sister and uh I showed up at her house and she was in her living room reading her bible and I went in and I spilled for 45 minutes and she was like can I say something and uh she was just like, you don't think that's a sign from God? And I, then I kind of blew up. I was like, you know, not everything's about God. I mean, just because just you went through what you went through and, and you're reading the scripture, I mean, that's cool for you, but not everything's about God. And uh, she was just like, well, you know, I just listened to you talk for 45 minutes. and the last 10 minutes, you were saying things in scripture that I'm reading right now. And you've never opened the Bible. And she started reading. And I believe it was Romans 7. Hmm. And um, she asked me to do a 30-day challenge, listen to some Christian music for 30 days. And I didn't want to set myself up for failure. But when I left, I turned some Christian music on, and life started making sense. <laughs> what uh, a cool story. That is. Yeah. It, it wasn't make money, get the position, and and – buy all the things that you that you crave it was relationship it was i found value in a relationship with people uh being a grandson uh, a fiance a dad and that that conviction looking at myself is like i had this child man and sometimes i'd be in a rush to get her into bed so i could go on the back porch and indulge in a drink or or something illegal and i remember thinking 
the next time I was on the back porch, <clears throat> man, I've got everything that I want. I've I've got a company truck. I've got a my car paid for. Um, beautiful fiance, beautiful daughter. I I'm t- in my early twenties. I've I've bought a house. Uh, I think I just kind of broke out in in the oil field to help and lead a water transfer crew. Um, and I was miserable. I, I, I chased everything that I wanted. It was like chasing the wind and I was unfulfilled and empty and <laughs> ungrateful. Yeah. And, uh, after that day is what started the journey. Um, it's a, it, it is a journey. It is a journey, man. And, um, that was that, the day the book opened. That was the day, <laughs> that, was the day yeah. the, that was the day the book opened and, and then the Lord, uh, started convicting you about everything wrong in your life. Right. Um, and, and that's, and, and that's when like, it really gets difficult. Oh yeah. Um, what's so, so, I mean, so cool about that story though. I'm sitting here, man, I'm mesmerized by your story. This is, I mean, super cool. It is. I I love it. I love that, that people out there are going to get to hear this story. God is so good, man. He is so good to take us from our moment where we don't even know we need him to a moment where we realize that we cannot live without him. That's right. And uh, for him to walk us through that journey and to give us the opportunity to get there on our own is a blessing. Mm -hmm. Because he doesn't make us. He doesn't force us to love him. He doesn't force us to follow him. And just like in your story, he brought you to that moment, man. He, 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 a year apart, right? But he was preparing you for that your whole life. Right. Saying, I'm here when you need me, Remington. Whenever you're ready, buddy, I'm here. So true, man. It just makes you think about like your own life and those in those moments in your own life and whenever you were at the bottom of that hole. And uh that that was why I wanted Remington on this. I this this is the whole reason why I wanted him here. Just because um, you know, it's just it's crazy. And what was crazy uh about that moment in his life, he's way younger than me, okay? How old are you, Remington? 33. I'm, I'm 44. Whenever I was 35 years old, I was going through a really dark time in my life. That was the same time whenever Remington was going through his dark time. Mm. And uh, it was crazy. I mean, just pretty awesome, man, just to see God connect us. And now here we are today, you know. Um, God has a purpose. <laughs> yeah. And it's powerful. Yeah, it, it really is. is. It is powerful. I uh, like uh, I'll go just a just a hair deeper, and I'll, I'll let y'all ask a few more questions. Um, so from that time, now that I have conviction, man, it's like I I did this now that I have the textbook, uh, the the context to to put it in a language. Uh, back then, I didn't. I was doing self-inventory, man, I do this wrong. I need to do this wrong. I need to do this wrong. And it's like, I'm going to change all these things. (laughs) Now I know, uh, it's a little more seasoned as it's not about works either. It's relationship being in proximity with your father serving. Imagine being a child and it's some, something like the alley fest. If you, if your child got out of proximity with you, they have no sense of direction. They don't know how to feed themselves. Um, they don't know what right from wrong is. They don't know what time they should go to bed. Uh, and I feel myself the, the same exact way. I have, w- Without God, I have no sense of direction. 
He's your moral compass. And, yeah, absolutely. And uh, I don't, without God, um, I'm spiritually malnourished. I'm not fed. Uh, I'm, I have to be. <laughs> we we use codependency as a term today. It's like a negative thing. But uh, yesterday I was thinking about it, reflecting, and I was just like, man, I want to be 100% codependent that's, on the Savior. That's, that's awesome, man. <laughs> and, um, that is so good. So shortly after that, I tried to quit all these things, and then I, I went to rehab. Uh, it's like I tried to quit too much at once, and I stayed sober for the first time in my life for almost five months. And, um, you know, I made my own bed. And after that five months, I'd relapsed, and when I got questioned about it, I finally admitted it. And it was the first time I openly admitted, and within 24 hours... I'd lost my fiance and daughter. I got fired from my job and had my truck repoed. And, um, man, it was. Was that a spiraling moment for you? It's very spiraling. And, uh, three days later, from what I remember, um, I stayed in that house for three days begging for my family to come back. And about the time that she was considered enough to say, hey, you know, I thought about what you said. I'll come back home. My only response was like, you can't. I just did it again. I felt like, what, 72 hours of aloneness. I don't want to talk to nobody. I felt like I let everybody down. I just failed the first five months I was clean. And uh, after that, that's when it did because for Next thing, next time I went to the house, I can vaguely remember images of people moving furniture, sitting on the back porch. And three weeks later, I wake up. Um, of course, I, I was, asleep. I wasn't asleep the whole time, uh, but this K two, it was a, it was a crazy wave that came through, and. Man, I stayed messed up for three weeks straight, and I remember. I was sharing with Sean. I walked around this house, and I didn't know what I was looking for, but I'd open this door, and I'd open the next door, and I'd open this door, and I was like, what was I looking for? And there was a shelf in my in Ansley's room, and it had these building blocks with her name on it. And I looked up, and I saw those blocks that said Ansley. And, um, man, it was crazy. Because then I thought, wait a second, where is Nancy? And I went out the front door, I went out the back door, and then I came back inside, and I did the same lap, opening doors. What was I looking for? And I was like, where's everything at? Where's the fridge? Why is there hangers on the floor? Where's the couch? And then I go back in her room, and I see her name again in her bed, and I'm like, where's all her stuff? And I'm slowly becoming competent enough to realize, oh, yeah, they left. How long has it been since I've seen my daughter? Remington, I forgot. I want to hear the. We want to hear the rest of the story, but we're gonna stop right here, and then we'll jump back in on the next podcast. Sorry to leave you guys on a cliffhanger. This is an amazing story, uh, but we'll hop right back in. So join us on the next episode. Go out and kick the day in the face, and we'll catch you on the next one. <laughs>